So I don't know about you, but I just have such a sense this morning just in worship that the Lord is happy. He's got a smile on his face, and he is just enjoying every little bit of worship that we have got here this morning. And I, I want to let you in on a secret. I, I suspect that he's an optimist. I really I think that he um, is always pushing for the best. And um, Churchill said that I'm an optimist because nothing else really makes any sense. And what he also said was, if you're going through hell, don't stop walking. But that's got nothing to do with what I'm saying this morning. But I just feel like this morning there's an atmosphere. Um, that, you know, you get oxygen, which is O2. But then you get O3, which is ozone. And ozone, they use to expedite healing of sports injuries. If you put ozone in water where you have got fish culture, the fish grow faster because of ozone. And this is such a beautiful example. I just feel like it's so easy to do things here because of ozone, because of God's presence. It just helps us to grow quicker, to grow healthier, to grow faster. So this morning I, I want to continue just um, on a sermon that I, I delivered or I gave or um, end of last year about the season of open doors. And just to recap quickly, it's in the Hebrew calendar, it's year 5784, and Hebrew scholars believe that this is a significant year because it is the year of, of open doors. Not just doors, but open doors. And, and I love following some Messianic Jews because they have got the advantage over us because they understand Hebrew culture, they understand Hebrew symbolism, and they're very well versed with some aspects that maybe we're not as versed as, as they are. And they are, they are able to also take New Testament scriptures and incorporate that into their thinking. And so one of the things that this one guy that I follow, um, he said that in Revelation, Jesus speaks to the church and he says, I hold the keys of David and the door that I open no man can close and the door that I close no man can open. And so for us, it's, I believe it's such a significant time for us as a church, for us as individuals, for us as a country. In the context of the country, I believe that this is probably the most significant year in the history of our country. I believe that. The biggest election in our past and in our future, and I'm, I'm not again here to push certain political beliefs, but when I, when I spoke end of last year, um, Nehemiah was drawn to the brokenness of the walls of Jerusalem. He looked at the walls and his heart burned. And I look at South Africa and I see our walls are burning. I see, I see Johannesburg and I see things. But I do believe that God is doing something. There is something coming. And I want us to stir our faith because the Lord is about to do something that we can only, we cannot imagine. I need to put my glasses on, otherwise I can't see. And so in the, in the context of the church, um, this church, as Rob mentioned this morning, you know, some doors might be closing. I walked outside into the parking lot, and there is not one parking space available, not one. And so it just feels like there is this creaking the Lord is preparing to take us somewhere else. And maybe he's opening new doors for us. Maybe this, this venue that um, Rob has been pursuing, Rob and Yanni have been pursuing, maybe this is the venue. Maybe it's not, but there is an open door for us because we need to go somewhere. And so this open door, I loved what, um, uh, what Bron shared this morning, is that it is an invitation. The open door represents something like the Holy Spirit saying, come, come with me on a journey. 
it's been great where you've been for a while, but the Lord is not really concerned about our comfort. He's concerned about us becoming full and fruitful, walking into everything that He has spoken about us. And so it's almost like the Holy Spirit. If we will listen, the Holy Spirit is beckoning us, come, come through this door. Let me take you on an adventure. Let me take you on a place where you might be stretched, where you might not know what the next step is, but it's all going to be good. And so just to finish that off, God is on the move. God is doing something. In the Hebrew calendar, so the New Year started in September, and I think two weeks after that, Hamas started all its stuff, and we've had a couple of other wars, and we can get quite concerned about this, but we know God is in control, and God uses everything. He moves everything very skillfully to bring about his purposes. And so some of the doors that, um, that, that are being closed right now, they might have been good doors for a season, but the Lord is wanting to beckon us to new things. And so again, in the life of the church, we are preparing for new growth. We are preparing to expand. Uh, Yanni and Kat are going to be starting a new, um, a new home church. And it's important that we create capacity for us or space for us to grow. Because if we are tightly knit in like a pot plant where the roots are you know, it's root bound, it's pot bound. You know, that's not necessarily the best environment for that plant to grow into its fullness. And so even when it comes to a venue, we are trusting as a leadership that the Lord will open up something significant for us. You know, for me, I believe that the collective is probably one of the best kept secrets in Johannesburg because <laughs> here we are, off the main beaten track in Jan Smuts, we are round our back in the little corner over here, and we have wonderful, wonderful times. And if I consider the venue that, um, that we are engaging on at the moment, I mean, it's, the word that came when we prayed was a city on a hill. And so here we've got this little um, bowling club, and right next to us we have got this multi-story building, and they're going to hear our worship, and they're going to hear the things that we do down there. And it is such a beautiful picture of a, a city on a hill. And I almost felt like, um, and, and we are, we'll get to that at the end, but there is the Lord is now wanting to take us, take us out, almost like a dandelion, and take a dandelion. I hate dandelions because they spread seed everywhere and you can't get that out. But the good thing about a dandelion is you just blow a little wind on it and it takes that DNA everywhere. And I feel like that is what the Lord is doing for us. The Lord is preparing us to start taking new ground. And so one scripture that has come up a lot uh, in the past, uh, I would say, three weeks is the Isaiah 54 um, scripture, verse 2 and 3. And it says, Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your, co your cords and strengthen your stakes. Sorry. And strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabitant. Let's just have a look at the verbs in that. Lengthen, strengthen, expand. And right at the end it says inhabit. And that is Shani's word for the year. Um, I like, also like to get a word for the year, and Shani likes to get, and we know that um, there are a number of other people here. And so Shani's word is to inhabit, because it's one thing to look at this beautiful door and look through this door, but until I go through the door, I don't really know what's on the other side. And my inheritance is on the other side. 
And so as a church, we are doing exactly that. It just looks like we are spreading our tent pegs as far as we can. We're not sparing. We're lengthening the cords. And so this morning, I want to share just on how do we prepare ourselves to go through these open doors. And obviously, um, even just referencing what Bron shared earlier, there has been a preparation that in many of our hearts has taken some time because we received a promise, we received an encouragement or something, a picture, and there has been a delay in us walking through that particular door. And Chris Vallotton says, he says, you know, that type of preparation, you can't shorten the time, but you can lengthen it with the wrong attitude. And so one of the things I would suggest, and I'm just going to go through some things quickly before I get to, because I, I time myself and I'm under pressure. So one of the things is, is, is our attitude. The second thing is alignment. So when Shani was pregnant, heavily pregnant with Michaela, um, she started getting some pains and aches and whatever, went to go and see a chiropractor. And the chiropractor so succinctly explained to us the purpose of the skeletal structure and how the muscles react within it. And when you start becoming pregnant, obviously it's not a normal position for a woman to be in where you've now got this huge baby and all this fluid. All this fluid. And so invariably something starts going out of kilter and that releases pain. And he just explained, you know, when, we are, when the body is in alignment, everything works perfectly. And I think it's such a beautiful picture of us just aligning ourselves with what he says, this is the, the heavenly chiropractic, this is my Bible, I mean, this is the heavenly chiropractic manual. Because we take this and we can align ourselves with these things and then the life of God flows. If the life of God is not flowing for some reason, then maybe we're out of alignment. And so one of the things that we need to do in order to prepare to go through this door is to align. The other thing is we need to prepare our hearts. Um, I love the parable where Jesus speaks to, um, where he speaks about the parable of the sower and the seed. And some seed falls on rocky ground and some seed, they're weeds. And those talk about the cares of life and fear and a couple of other things. But as stewards, if you are a new creation, you're a steward of your heart. You have a mandate and you have to look after your heart. And you need to, there are a lot of things that we can do to ensure that this soil is fertile, that this soil is moist, that when a seed from heaven falls on it, that it produces much fruit. You know, in the, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, um, For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Uh, sorry. Um, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thine is the kingdom. Uh, and let your, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so we are almost like conduits. We are like, you know, when I switch on my laptop or I switch on my computer, the interface that I use is my keyboard because the, the, the computer can't necessarily recognize my voice. There is technology out now that can do that. But when I type, the interface that I use is the keyboard, and we're very much like that. Because God the Father speaks from heaven. His ideas, His plans come down. And we need to be the fertile seabed where these things land, and we translate those things into the earth. We are the interface, like the keyboard, where when we type, we send an instruction, and it puts it in a way that the computer can understand it. And so a couple of other things that we can do to just keep the soil is to keep ourselves from bitterness, from unforgiveness, and to also be teachable and humble, just to say, I'm not bigger than you, I'm not bigger, we give each other preference, but it's an, an attitude of humility that I say, Lord, I bring all the things that I do. I bring everything. I bring my family. I bring my work. I bring my church life. I bring, and not that the church life, church life should 
flow over everything, but I bring everything and I lay it down. And I'm giving you full permission to tell me what you want me to do. And that is giving your yes. That is saying, Lord, you before me. I bring and I submit this to you. And then in Isaiah 40, the last point I want to make just on this. In Isaiah 40, it says, They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength, and they shall mount upon wings as eagles. And you know, in our Western context, we often look at that word wait, and we think it's a passive wait. Like, I put a, I put a chicken in the oven, and it's an hour and 15 minutes, and it's done. And I just need to just maybe, maybe play cards or do something in the meantime, just pass the time. But that word is actually an active verb an active word. It is almost like a waiter in a restaurant that if I'm the waiter in the restaurant and you're sitting at the table and you're busy eating, I'm waiting for you to say, I'm waiting for you to call me. And that is an active waiting where we're actively waiting on the, on, on the Holy Spirit and saying, Lord, is it this one? Is it this one? What are you saying? Where, you, where do you want me to go? Not this sitting back, it's been a year or after 60 minutes, another, another hour goes by. It's not that. It's an active, active positioning of ourselves. And so towards the end of last year, I listened to an Andrew Womack preach, and I, I think it's, uh, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal preach. And in the, in the preach, he basically recounts um, his walk with God. And after 20 years, he and his wife, they had had numerous different churches, and at max, they had about 100 members in their church. He'd also reached out to a number of the big high-profile uh, ministries because he really believed that God had called him to that, and he had approached them, and he just felt after 20 years that he was ostracized. He felt that maybe those promises were not necessarily, maybe he'd heard wrong, or maybe, and he had almost put a lid on himself, that 100 is almost like the max that he's going to have. It's after 20 years. And he felt the Lord rebuke him. He felt the Lord say to him, but why are you putting restrictions on you that I do not? And the Lord took him to Psalm 1. And I want to read Psalm 1, and it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seats of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Then I want to take you to Psalm 2, verse 1, and it says, in the King James, it says, why do, the, why do the heathen rage or the nations rage and the people imagine or plot a vain thing? Interesting thing is that in the Hebrew, the word for meditate in Psalm 1 is exactly the same word for imagine in Psalm 2. So he says, in Psalm 1, he says, meditate on the word. In the second thing, he says, why do, the ra- why do the nations rage and imagine a vain thing? And it's exactly the same word. And it's phonetically the word dogor. So that's it. And there are two components. <laughs> there are two components to this word. The first word is the tra- uh, traditional understanding of, of meditating, of meditation, where the priests would basically recite things over and over. They would mumble, they would ruminate over this word, and they would just speak it over and over again. But the second component of that word is to imagine. And that's my word for this year, is to imagine or dream. Because, so back to the story of, of, um, of Andrew Womack. So he felt the Lord challenge him to say, I want you, you know what I've spoken to you, I want you to start imagining I want you to start imagining your big church. I want you to start imagining 
the big ministry. I want you to start imagining that these people whom you feel have shunned you, that they want, they want you. They want to partner with you. And he started doing that. And suddenly things just started breaking, breaking open. I mean, some of the guys, some of, the, some of these big TV ministries, they didn't know why they were charging him so much for TV time. And they, they saw this and they said, no, 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 wait a minute. There's something wrong with this. We've actually got to change this. And they gave him real preferential rates. And we know the rest of the story with Andrew Womack. He's a, a multinational preacher. And so, so I started on this journey. Um, end of last year, when I preached about the open doors, I was so excited I could duplicate myself. It was really, there was, there was so many... <laughs> There were so many things on the go, so many phenomenal deals that I could not have imagined. Come the beginning of 2024, and all of a sudden, a, a pattern started developing that I had seen before. And it was almost like the, the enemy was coming to stop playing the old tapes. Mm, you know, that door, mm, you're going to get to 99 and it's going to shut. You're going to do this, it's going to shut. It's going to end. I'm lying awake about 10 days ago at about 2 o'clock in the morning, and things, for some reason, just seem so much worse in the night. And I'm like, no, this can't be. This can't be. And I'm just seeing things slipping. And Shani's sleeping away. She doesn't snore, but she's sleeping away. And I open up the Bible, and, um, and the, the scripture that I get taken to is the scripture where God is standing, uh, where Abraham is sitting with God, and he's a little bit miffed because He's saying, you know, I, I don't have a child. Who's going to be my heir? And the Lord says, but I'm your very great, your exceedingly great reward. And Abraham sort of takes this, takes this with, a, with a pinch of salt. And he says, but this Eliezer, this guy from Damascus, is he going to be my, my heir? And the Lord takes him outside and he shows him, he takes him and he shows him the stars. And all of a sudden he starts creating an imagination for Abraham. Abraham can start seeing, wow, actually, I've got a picture I've got a picture, and I can start seeing myself in that, in that story. Back to Andrew Womack. Andrew Womack started seeing himself. He started imagining. As he was meditating on the words that God had given him, and as he meditated on the scriptures of God, he started imagining himself, praying for people and being healed from, uh, being healed from whatever sickness. He started imagining himself praying and laying hands on people who are dead and people being raised from the dead. And a couple of years later, his son died, and he was dead for four and a half hours, and he was able to lay hands on his son, and he came back from the dead. And so, so for me, this is, this, is, this is so, so important for me to live fruitful, for me to, yes, I've done all the other the preparation, but I need to start taking those promises and making those promises mine. I cannot leave them on the shelf anymore. This is the year of the open door, and I need to appropriate those things. I need to inhabit those desolate places. I need to extend and prepare myself so that I walk in the full mandate of what God has for me. So there's another component to this imagining in Isaiah 26 verse 3. Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says, You will keep him in perfect and constant peace, the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you in both inclination and character, because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. So the verse says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is set on you. So that word mind is the Hebrew word yatza. 
And that, there are two meanings to that word. One is to frame. So when I look to God, so the most important thing I want to bring here is the kingdom of heaven comes down. It doesn't go up and down. It's not like we can go and we can come to God with our plan and we can say, Lord, this is my plan. I want you to bless it. Actually, I look to him. And as I look to him, he frames my mind in this context. He frames my imagination. The second component to that word is to conceive. And in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9, it says, Eye is not seen, ear is not heard, nor mind conceived what the Lord has in store for those that love him. And it's when I allow my mind to be fixed and framed by him that I can now conceive his thoughts. And again, I can be like that interface, the, the keyboard that brings his thoughts and it manifests as it falls on the good soil of my heart. It starts producing a fruit of a hundredfold, a hundredfold return. I'm not interested in 30 or 60. I want a hundredfold. And so if we're just coming to an end, if we look at the life of Joseph, Joseph as a 16-year-old boy or as a young teenager, he gets this vision from God that the sun and the moon and the stars will bow down before him. And immediately, so I don't agree that he was boastful. I don't agree. I, I, just, I differ. I just think he's 16-year-old. He hasn't got very high EQ, you know, so he shoots his mouth off. So he's very, very excited. I mean, if I got a dream like that, I'd want to tell people. And so he goes and he tells everybody and offers it's the wrong audience. And... <laughs> And um, tough crowd. And, uh, but he thought, he, when he gets the dream, he thinks, ah, oh, this is the open door. This is an open door for me. And the door shuts. And he gets sold into slavery. And then he works for Potiphar. He's got, this, he's got this imagination. He's got this picture of his life. And he rises to the top. And then he thinks this is the door. And the door shuts. And then he goes to jail. And in jail, he, he also rises to the top. And the baker and the butler have dreams. And he interprets the dreams. And he says, remember me. And he thinks this is his door. But it still wasn't the door. But when the door came, it changed like this. After 13 years, they say, after 13 years, suddenly the right door opened. And if any one of the other doors had opened, he never would have been able to walk through this door. And so for many people, I know that we have been holding on. I know I've been holding on to some dreams. I've been holding on to some pictures. The time is here. I really believe the time is here. The time is ready. If we will hear, God will open the door. And, and it's going to blow our minds. It's going to be so much more than we ever thought, not just in a personal context, but in a church context. This, this church carries DNA. This church carries significant DNA. Um, people that come here are, are amazed. I have never been part of a church with this type of DNA. And this is something that can spread like wildfire. This is something that can change. In the context of South Africa, there are open doors. You know, in my car, I can drive. Um, I, I can drive... And there's a big pothole. There's a water leak and there's, I have to drive around it. And I can pretend that that thing is not there and I will lose a wheel or an axle. But I can, I, I'm not denying that the, that the pothole is there. I know the pothole is there. But in my mind, I want to see God's picture. And just in the beginning of this year, I've seen a couple of reports where, it's, where, where um, estate agents and um, not tax collectors but tax practitioners are saying that they are seeing an influx of skilled expats coming back to South Africa. They're starting to see this. And so for me, 
You know, we could have been through a bit of a felt fire where it looks like everything is destroyed, but actually the felt fire is a good thing because it, clean, cleans, it cleanses everything. And now suddenly there are these green shoots coming up. And so in the South African context, I'm seeing green shoots, maybe because I want to, but also because I believe in what I, I believe that God has spoken good over this country. And so in my mind, I want to see South Africans having jobs. I want to see people fulfilled. I want to see revival sweep, sweep this country where where bridges and walls and things that the enemy has come and put in front of us and said that this is your future, this is your destiny, this is what your children are going to inherit. That's a lot of rubbish because I choose to, I want my imagination about South Africa to be shaped and formed as to what God is saying, as to what scripture says, as to what, otherwise I can't put roots down, otherwise I can't be committed, I can't exercise my faith. And so in closing... Jesus says that for us to enter the kingdom of God, we must be like a child. And I think to myself, well, what is the difference between a child and an adult? Because adults, we've got it all worked out. You know, we are responsible, we consider it, we can think ahead more so than a child can. But what does a child have? A child has imagination. So, every now and again, I ask Rachie to come and help me to empty the, the dishwasher. And I always give her the little, the little basket with the knives and the forks because I know exactly what's going to happen. It's about six meters from the dishwasher to the kitchen, uh, to the drawer where she has to unload all the knives and the forks. And by the time she gets there, she's playing a game because this fork is Mary and this knife is Johnny and they've got little kids. And I've left her sometimes and she's played for half an hour with the knives and the forks. And I find it so amazing. And that, I think, is the essence of what Jesus meant when he said that we need to be like children to enter the kingdom of God. Is we need to dream. We need to, be, and not dream our own dreams, but we need to say, Lord, what do you say about this situation? What do you say about my son that isn't saved? What do you say about this person in a wheelchair? What do you say about the unemployment in the country? What do you say? And then allow myself to start dreaming. And as I dream, I'm preparing myself. I'm on the front foot for, for me to walk through doors because now he can start downloading. He can start conceiving in me the kingdom seed. He can start germinating those things in my heart because I am saying, Lord, take me on a journey. And so just to close, I want, us to, I want us to close our eyes. And I don't know, um, Phil, if you could come up, please. And so I haven't spoken to Rob about um, the feedback from a meeting with the municipality about uh, the bowling club. But I want us all just to imagine this pot this pot with this beautiful, beautiful plant in it, and it's got rich flowers, but the pot is getting too small. And I want us to imagine us, the Father, coming and taking this pot and planting us out into a, in a big open space where we have got seeds like these dandelions, and now the wind can just start blowing. And I want you just to ask the Holy Spirit just to take you and just imagine, just imagine our next venue. 
Just imagine what the Lord is about to do in this church. Just imagine. And, and as you imagine with the Holy Spirit, just take notes of those things. And, and, and I would really, and I know Rob and Chris would also be very happy if you could just send us some of those pictures. Just allow the Holy Spirit, just as, as full plays, allow yourself just to imagine. I want you also just to imagine South Africa. We've got South Africa in our present situation and things are quite tough. But maybe there is a significant event, like a, like a good election outcome. And suddenly, foreign money starts flowing into South Africa. Everybody sees that South Africa is so important because of our sea routes, because of our minerals, because of our agriculture, but also because of what God has spoken over this country. And suddenly, the broken walls being built, being built up, and this nation starts shining, so much so that the rest of the world starts taking note of what happens in the, what happens in the country when, when God comes and how they can take lessons on how to deal with their conflict and deal with their issues, deal with their economy, that suddenly we are elevated from a jail to the right hand of Pharaoh or in prominence right in the middle of the world where the world sees, just like they did in 1994, when Nelson Mandela was given the Peace Prize because, and South Africa was almost revered because of how we had, we had gone, we had crossed over from a nation so divided and so flammable to a place where we could thrive. So Holy Spirit, we just ask, would you just come and would you deposit in our hearts the kingdom seed, your thoughts for our country, for our church. Lord, may we start seeing ourselves praying for people and those people being healed, not the tape of the enemy. Don't pray for that person. Nothing's going to happen. But Lord, that we would start at you, Father, and we would co-labor with you just to overwrite those tapes and that we would have a heavenly perspective on the power that we have, the access to the kingdom that we have.